On today's show, U.S. car sales remain strong, but the rate of growth is slowing. John answers your questions and you said it, and we want to know if you know what the heck kind of car this is. All that and more coming right up on AutoLine Daily. This is AutoLine Daily for June 2nd of 2016. New car sales are still on track to set an all-time record in the U.S. market, but it's clear the growth rate is slowing down. The SAR came in at 17.3 million vehicles, down from 17.6 million last year. Total sales came to 1.5 million cars, trucks, and vans, which is up 1.7% over sales from a year ago on a daily selling rate basis. Amongst the big six full-line manufacturers, GM was down 11%, the biggest drop of any automaker. But GM has been preparing us for a big drop, reminding us that it has drastically cut fleet sales to the daily rental companies. Ford posted a 1% gain, Toyota dropped 2%, FCA was up more than 9%, mainly thanks to spectacular Jeep sales. Honda posted a 3% increase, which is quite remarkable considering that those are almost exclusively retail sales. Nissan was up a strong 7%. Other automakers that delivered notable results include Hyundai, which shot up nearly 21%, thanks to finally getting enough Santa Fe and Tucson crossovers. Volvo was up nearly 20%, as it continues its remarkable recovery. Jaguar Land Rover was up 17%, and for once, the increase came from Jaguar not Land Rover. And while Volkswagen continued its downward slide, Porsche shrugged off any diesel problems and pushed sales up 16%, while Audi sold 10% more vehicles. The bottom line here is that these numbers look pretty good. Yes, the market is not growing as fast as it was, but it's still growing. Tomorrow we'll highlight another unique vehicle that will be at this year's Eyes on Design car show. But I'd like to have a little fun and see if you can identify the car before I tell you all about it. And here it is. As you can see, it's a low-slung sports car that features an Italian-esque design. I'll also tell you it's a four-seater that was produced between 1973 and 1979, and only 395 were ever made. So if you think you've got the answer, leave it in the comments section below. And even if you guys do get the right answer, I think I can shed some new and interesting light on the car tomorrow that you probably never knew. And still to come, Honda shows off autonomous technology while Toyota strengthens its connected car platform. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone Tires. Your journey, our passion. Dow Automotive Systems, advanced materials that deliver better results. And by Lear, a global leader in automotive seating and electrical systems. People increasingly want their cars connected to all the other things that they do, but it's also one of the areas they're most frustrated with. Now Toyota has teamed up with Japanese telecommunications operator KDDI to establish a global communications platform. Together, both companies will choose and obtain communication networks to add to the platform. 
The idea is to give customers the best possible connection inside their car by having a number of networks to choose from. Because it's a cloud-based service, vehicles will have to be equipped with a uniform data communications module to gain access to the platform. These new DCMs will be standard equipment in nearly all new Toyota and Lexus models sold in Japan and the U.S. by 2020. You know, autonomy could be the most transformative technology to hit the automotive industry in 100 years, and it seems that everyone wants to get in on the action. That's why the state of Michigan just launched an initiative to become a global leader in that field. The campaign, called Planet M, will highlight the state's engineering talent, its large automotive presence, and university partnerships, among other things. By next year, Michigan will have two separate autonomous vehicle test sites. Michigan launched this campaign because it's not the only place in the U.S. developing this technology. Honda just showed off its self-driving tech at the GoMentum station in Concord, California. The facility features 20 miles of paved road on a 5,000-acre site, making it the largest connected and autonomous vehicle proving grounds in the country. Honda modified an Acura RLX hybrid to demonstrate its self-driving tech. Honda plans to have automated technology in its vehicles by 2020. And coming up next, John responds to your questions and you said it. Lear Connexus is the new application suite in vehicle connectivity designed to deliver over-the-air software updates and more from Lear Corporation's eSystems, leaders in power and data management. Okay, now it's time for some of your feedback. RS makes a really good point. All of the reviews of the stop-start vehicle suggest that the stop-start is imperceptible. If that is true, why would you want to turn the feature off? And of course, the answer is, it's not true. Some start-stop systems are quite good, but I just got out of test driving a Jaguar XF Sport and the stop-start was downright annoying. Andre Potokar wants to know, will autonomous vehicles avoid the potholes? If not, I doubt anyone will enjoy the autonomous ride over the potholes when a regular driver tries to avoid them. You know, that's a great question. And the answer is, those cars could be programmed to avoid potholes, as long as it did not cause a safety problem for all the other cars around it. Marshall has an important observation. I have long considered the burgeoning size of the A-pillar a safety hazard. Making a left-hand turn in my 08 Suzuki SX4 is a bit scary because of how much the view gets blocked. And Bob D adds, I can think of two heart stoppers in my current vehicle, a 2011 Cruze, where I almost pulled out into oncoming traffic blinded by the A-pillar. You know, we've never heard the safety zealots ever admit that their push for stronger rollover standards resulted in big, fat A-pillars that are themselves a safety hazard. In fact, they'd probably blame the automakers for making those A-pillars so fat. Vince33X is really mad at the EPA for mandating ethanol and gasoline. The EPA and all other government agencies have no right to pass rules that have the force of law. Article 1, Section 1 clearly states all legislative powers are vested in the Congress. Well, Vince, remember, it was Congress that enacted the Renewable Fuel Act that mandates the use of ethanol 
and it charged the EPA with enforcing that law. So don't go blaming the EPA for coming up with those regulations. Call your congressman instead. Chuck Grenchy has a question about the fight between the auto industry and the telecommunications industry over that 5.9 gigahertz bandwidth. Sean mentioned that the Wi-Fi wars may come down to sharing. My question, does this compromise one or the other's position? Well, yes, it does. Connected and autonomous cars are going to need all of that bandwidth. The auto industry can use it to save lives. The telcos are going to use it to create more Wi-Fi hotspots. RV clearly liked our recent Autoline After Hours with Doug Feehan, who runs the Corvette Racing Program. His passion is contagious. And SFO chimed in with, great show. Thank you, Autoline. Well, yeah, that really was a great show, wasn't it? Speaking of Autoline After Hours, make sure you tune in this afternoon for a brand new episode. It's a journalist roundtable discussion today with David Waltz from Bloomberg and Elisa Priddle from Motor Trend. So join me and Gary Vasslash for some of the best insights in this business. That's today at 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Autoline.tv. And that wraps up today's show. Thanks for watching, and please join us again tomorrow.